And we welcome you to the first Side Hustle Sports Betting Podcast with Jolly Roger Gambler. I'm better be right. Look, uh, we're not doing this shit to, to lose. We're, we're bringing people into the profit, into the plus, right? I mean, we, we don't do this full time. We're, we're not cappers. We're not going to go out on record and say that we're cappers. But this is a big part of our lives. And uh, why not try and maximize it, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, definitely, maybe a bigger part of our life than, than we'd like to admit. But that, that's the side <laughs> hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we haven't gotten the sponsorship from 1-800-GAMBLER quite yet. But nope. but we do have Hennessy on board. And, and we're going to get into our Hennessy underdog of the week. Uh, you know, college football has been, has been pretty wild here out the gate. And it, it's awesome to have it back after not having a full slate of games last year. I feel in heaven waking up here on the West Coast, 9 a.m., and, and, and being able to go to sleep with the last game finishing at 11, I think, I think we really have the best of both worlds on college football Saturdays, but there are a lot of games we like, and and we, we really like a game here on Friday as we kind of dive into some of the college football lines and and maybe put a parlay together that that's going to generate some big profit for the weekend. Yeah. So we start off with the game Friday that's starting uh, Friday night game is UCF versus Louisville. Line is six and a half in favor of UCF. And that's the line we are going to take. I love UCF at this number. This number originally came out as high as minus 7.5 and has dropped down to 6.5. I I don't know right now why the, the line's dropping as as deep as it is, because when, when we kind of go down into crunching these numbers, we're talking about the UCF versus Boise State only gave up 20 rushing yards on 26 attempts. And then versus Bethune-Cookman, who obviously they, they aren't the same caliber of a team, they gave up 24 rushing yards on 14 attempts. And uh, so that basically that run defense is going to have to put Cunningham in a position where he's going to be throwing the ball because a big part of his game is using his legs to threaten the defense to suck in. And then that's when he's getting his passing yards. And so, I mean, if we go break down some of the numbers of Cunningham, obviously it's not my favorite number to use, but his QBR versus Ole Miss was 41.5. Really not what you want to see in QBR against EKU, another team that is not good, was only 51.7. So we're talking about not really that great of of games that he's putting up through the air. And and if you're trying to get something running and started, I just don't see where Louisville's going to be putting up these numbers to compete with a really good UCF team. Yeah, a really really good UCF team. And and I remember when Gabriel, who's now a junior, was a freshman a couple of years ago, and UCF had that uh, long regular season winning streak. They had the the two straight undefeated season, and then they lost to the LSU team that the very next year went on to win the college football playoff. It's one of the best seasons we've ever seen, at least in recent memory. And, And UCF went to Pitt. And, and it was kind of strange. I thought it was a trap. UCF was a very small favorite in that game. Pitt was blowing them out, I, I think. And, and UCF had come all the way back. Maybe it was the other way around. UCF had a big lead. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Pitt winds up winning that game. And, and it was a really disappointing loss for, for UCF at the time. And, and the only thing that, 
that frightens me with that line is, is the, the interesting movement, how it backs up. But you know, we all got a chance to see Louisville the first Monday of the college football season. And, and maybe UCF isn't the beast that Ole Miss is. But I think on the offensive side, I think those two teams mirror each other in, in a lot of ways. And, and Louisville, like you mentioned, a, a 31-3 victory against Eastern Kentucky. They're supposed to do that. Maybe they're even supposed to do a little bit better than that. I, I think everybody saw the, uh, the drop touchdown at the two-yard line that the Louisville wide, wide receiver had uh, that would have given them another touchdown in that game but that's that's a that's a lower tier FCS opponent uh, that, that's what Louisville is supposed to do yeah it's conference opener too uh, for Central Florida and, and I, they're under a new regime you know hypo left for Tennessee in the offseason but it, it, it's kind of they're just kind of the same beast and and Gabriel's only getting better he, he looks like one of the better quarterbacks in college football this year I know it's a road game I know it's you know got a spotlight an extra spotlight on a Friday night students are in the house uh, you know first conference game I, I just don't see this one being close I, I really think the six and a half is is a steal right I think I think UCF wins by a couple of touchdowns I, I couldn't agree more. I think that it is that number is dropping. I think it's it's that movement to try to get more money on to, to Louisville to, to see that people kind of the eye popping of seeing it drop. And I think a lot of the sharps will be betting on UCF there. And and we we talk about that that first Monday home opener, what we were just saying against Ole Miss. And really that game didn't get close until the end after Ole Misses blown them out I mean that game that box score is not the game we watched it's that that's when you go back and look at the film of that game it's not close up until the fourth quarter when there's no time to win that's when they put up they put up most of their points in the second half and and really Ole Miss kind of looked like that they were content with cruising to the victory in that second half that's when Cunningham I, I had like 10 completions in the first quarter and a half of on something however many attempts it was his numbers were not good in that first half no they weren't good in that first half but we really like uh, UCF minus the six and a half and if you're looking to maybe mix that with some other teams I think that wouldn't be bad to put in a parlay I do have a parlay uh, at the end of this that uh, we're going to reveal with some of our other ones moving on to Saturday, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I kind of like the plus money with Illinois tomorrow. I, I know they've lost both of their games, uh, very unimpressive losses. Uh, UTSA at home, blown out at Virginia last week since the uh, week zero win that kind of crushed us against Nebraska to open up the season. We, we really thought Scott Frost on the hot seat would, would have his team ready for a game like that, but boy, they, they kind of got embarrassed by Brett Bielema, who of course for years was the Wisconsin head coach. Uh, but, but moving on to Saturday, Here's an old Conference USA matchup that I really like. Marshall's hosting East Carolina. East Carolina just had one of the, the, the bigger games that their program has had in recent years, bringing in an SEC team in South Carolina. Took them down to the wire. Gamecocks beat them at the buzzer with a field goal. I, that's a tough loss to come back from for East Carolina. Marshall looks like they're one of the best group of five teams, certainly the best in Conference USA this year. Uh, I don't know how much I like the points in that game, but that's another game where, where I, I think, uh, you know, a game where you, you might be able to grab some money line there to put in a parlay. I, I think that's a game I really like a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think that, that you get good, uh, the good number on that one, I completely agree that, that that is another one that you should you should definitely eye on that. How about this? Eighth-ranked Cincinnati. They kind of struggled. It, it was a trap game for them 
in sorts against Murray State last week. They go to Indiana. And remember how good Indiana was last year. A quarterback got hurt towards the end of the season. Uh, now he's back. They got a USC transfer at running back in Carr. Uh, didn't look good against Iowa, but but turns out Iowa might be the best team in the Big Ten, honestly, uh, with what they've done their first couple of weeks. The blowout win over Indiana, the win over Iowa State, that was rather convincing as well. Uh, Indiana at home against Cincinnati. Three and a half point dogs. I, I I like Indiana in this game. What do you think? So this was one early on in the week. I actually talking with you had said that I thought that, that was very generous for I thought that Cincinnati minus three and a half might be the move. I and, and we kind of went back and forth on this. And after some discussion and talking about how underrated Indiana is, and you're talking about going into Indiana and and you see, when you see a single digit number against an opponent, you know that student section is going to be going through the damn roof. Like that, it, it is an, an atmosphere that I don't know if when the last time Cincinnati has played in an environment that is going to be that electric. And we go, we were doing some of the number crunching there. And, and obviously, I mean, you look at what the over under is right now at 49 and a half, meaning that this game should be fairly low scoring where it, it's not expected to be a low scoring game. And when you have these tight, close, low scoring ball games, it, uh, it's the home team's advantage. That's exactly what the underdog and the home team want to do is to keep the games close, use the crowd to their advantage and, and basically squeak out a win. That's what you're doing when you're, you're, fighting these massive dogs so I was convinced I switched what I originally had and I too am taking Indiana plus three and a half I, I like Indiana plus three and a half I, I might even go something small like a half a unit or so on the money line there uh, to be able to, to get some plus look it, it's really hard and he, he's one of college football's best kept secrets but Desmond Ritter has over 30 starts in his college career the Cincinnati quarterback uh, they were really good last year. They're, they're, again, one of the best group of five teams. They're a top 10 team um, this year out of the gate. But I, I do like Indiana plus the three and a half in that game. Uh, here's a ranked matchup that, that, that is intriguing when you look at the programs. Auburn's 22nd. Penn State is 10th. Penn State, that line has moved uh, in, in the opposite direction a little bit, too. Uh, kind of gives me vibes of that UCF-Louisville game on Friday. But it's, it's Penn State, a five-point favorite at home against Auburn. Uh, Auburn hasn't really played anybody coming out of the gate, uh, and, and they've blown out their first two opponents. Penn State was in that really low-scoring week one game with Wisconsin, 16-10, and then they blew out Ball State at, uh, in their home opener. This is the big wideout game in Happy Valley. Like, road teams don't just go to the – go to happy valley during the whiteout game and win so i really like penn state to win this game and, and i i think penn state um i i think they proved themselves to be contenders uh with, with a with a rather comfortable victory this was a line that opened at six and a half it's now down to five i i really like it for penn state also looking at bo Nix on the other side his home road splits he's thrown 10 touchdowns 10 interceptions with a, a drastically lower qb rating than what he's done at home in his college career. This is not a, a road environment where you're going to all of a sudden get adjusted. I, I really like the line here for Penn State. Penn State is a horrible stadium to go to. And you're, you're talking about an amazing fan base, amazing student section. It's like you said, the whiteout game is one of the opponent's worst nightmares to come into. 
And I think we're seeing in the SEC, these early on, these teams are getting a lot more credit than I think they deserve. Now we have the, the top of the top, you get the Alabamas and these teams. So you're getting this big separation though. And the team names are changing in the SEC where the lower tier teams are still getting a lot of this respect that I don't necessarily think that they will have in the next five weeks. I think that Penn State, I would not be shocked at all if this year we see them playing for a title at the Rose Bowl. If we see them them winning out there, winning conference, and Rose Bowl isn't a playoff game this year, so I could easily see them being the conference champion playing in the Rose Bowl against Pac-12 champions. So I I love that line i think that's that's every bit a seven to ten point win i think that five is something that they'll be very easily cover i also uh, another ranked matchup arizona state byu uh I, arizona state three and a half point favorite on the road i don't know if i touch that i, I do think arizona state wins the game i don't think byu's as good as people think they are um, there are some that think BYU belongs in the top 25. I, I didn't think Utah was great out of the gate. I, I didn't quite understand why they were ranked. Uh, they looked good against a really good FCS team, Weber State week one, but didn't look good at all in the Holy War. Uh, they go to San Diego State, and, and that's another one that I, I kind of want to talk about a little bit. But San Diego State at home, fresh off a blowout win at Arizona, who, who BYU kind of struggled with week one. Uh, San Diego State, uh, plus nine at home. That that's one I like. I don't know how much I want to touch this Arizona State BYU game. Uh, the more I look into it, another West Coast matchup. Iowa State. They have to be frustrated coming off the Cyhawk loss. Uh, but they're thirty-one and a half point favorites at, at UNLV, and they played pretty well. Did UNLV at ASU last week? I, I might take UNLV big with the, the the points there. Iowa State still might win in blowout fashion, but might not cover uh, that thirty-one and a half. Uh, so those those matchups quickly and then uh, we got to get into our, our locks of the week our parlay of the week and our, our Hennessy underdog of the week let's get it all right let's introduce us off here well uh, Hennessy is uh, proud to present the underdog of the week in college football there have been some big upsets uh, early on the first couple of weeks of the season we should expect some more in week three uh, Jolly Roger fire those cannons Who, who's the Hennessy underdog of the week in week three college football we're going to go with another tw uh, top 25 upset here. And I am shocked by the line we are getting. We're going Fresno State. We are actually going to put a full unit on the money line here and also take the points with them. I, uh, they're right now sitting at a plus 11 and a plus 345 money line. I, uh, was talking with you, crunching the numbers here once again, and I do not see how that line comes to fruition without kind of the name of UCLA and the top 25 ranking of it, because this Fresno State team is the real deal. There is no denying that. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. have Oregon, like at, at Autzen, like that doesn't happen for non-conference teams. And then Oregon goes and proves how good they are the next week at Ohio State. Uh, you know, this is a game UCLA might win, but Fresno State, they've won their last two games down at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. UCLA coming off that emotional win over LSU, they've had to kind of bottle that up and sit around. They had a bye last week. Fresno beat down an FCS opponent last week. Uh, 
Jake Hayner, man, like people are figuring out Jake Hayner who started at Washington. Boy, Washington could really use him, but he's, he's in Fresno with Fresno state. Uh, they blew out UConn th- close loss to, to Oregon on the road. I think they get it right here uh, against the PAC 12 opponent. We, we went big on Fresno state in the futures. They're over under was six games uh, in the win column. Uh, they're going to blow past that. I predict. Um, and if they do, the job at the Rose Bowl this week, they're going to be halfway there, and it's going to be a lock because you look on the schedule, they're going to be favorites in the majority of their games um, from there to the finish line. I want to give some love to the Mountain West on my Hennessy underdog of the week, San Diego State, Utah, an old rivalry back in the day. Uh, Utah coming off, as we mentioned, that Holy War loss didn't look good at all against BYU on the road in Provo, 26-17. Meanwhile, San Diego State, they were down 10-0 at halftime week one against New Mexico State. They outscored them 28-0 after halftime. And then they go to Arizona, and Arizona's not good. Arizona's not good. Uh, BYU made them look better than they actually are in week one in that neutral site game. Maybe Arizona played a little above their heads. And and San Diego State did what they should have done at Arizona, 38-14. San Diego State is an eight and a half point dog in this game. I'm putting a unit on the money line. I'm putting a unit on the points. I think the points are as close to a lock as you can have. Utah, should they win that game, they're going to do it in very close fashion. Really like San Diego State. And I can't believe they're as much of an underdog as they are, much like you can't believe what the the disrespect for the Mountain West, I guess, uh, in California this week with Fresno State and San Diego State. Pretty big dogs against the Pac-12. All right, let's move into our lock for the week. What's a line that you just love and you know is going to hit even if everything else goes wrong? I love uh, MSU, Michigan State University versus Miami. I'm actually taking another unit and unit on plus six and plus 190. Miami, two, does has not looked good. They haven't figured it out. Didn't look good against Alabama. Give them a break with that. But And uh, obviously, nobody looks good against Alabama. Another loss. And you're just you're talking about a loss to, to Appalachian State. And really, it, they basically were identical in stats to Appalachian State. They had nearly identical yards, nearly, nearly identical plays run, nearly identical third down conversions. First game, they went 42% on third down against Bama, and then they dropped down to 31% on third down conversions. And you're just, you're talking about a team that has not figured it out, is not able to convert, is not able to score. And then you flip to the other side that Michigan State has yet thrown an interception. So you're talking about a team that is efficient versus a team that hasn't seemed to be able to really click and both of MSU's games they put up over 500 yards and I expect them to put over 500 yards against Miami and I think that they went outright but I'll also be taking the points just in case we get into one of those hard burners a field goal winner or something something along the lines of that a four point up three Miami wins with a touchdown cover myself with a plus six but I think that the plus 190 is money as well I'm staying in the South, but I am I'm going with uh, a mid-major game. Charlotte at Georgia State. Charlotte's two and zero. Georgia State zero and two. Georgia State is a four and a half point favorite. That line has crept up a little bit since it opened at three and a half. I love Georgia State in a blowout win here. Uh, blowout in terms of anywhere from the ten to seventeen, maybe even more point range. Uh, Georgia State 
has lost and they've been, you know, lopsided uh, on, on the wrong side of some bad scores here the first couple of weeks at home against Army. If you're not ready for that triple option, it's going to smash you. And that's what it did to Georgia State in week one. And then week two, uh, going to North Carolina, pissed off North Carolina bunch after they were upset. Uh, Mac Brown's crew in, in week one at Virginia Tech, that crazy crowd that that all uh, kind of made us love college football again after missing much of that last year. Look, Georgia State has really talented players on the offensive end. Clearly, they need to work on some things defensively. Charlotte hasn't really impressed me too much. They did beat Duke, their first ever Power 5 win. That was a home game in Week 1. Duke's one of the worst Power 5 teams in college football this year. I don't think that's, that's going to be a great resume win at the end of the season for Charlotte, should they even be in a position to get to a bowl game. I think Georgia State even despite starting 0-2, I think this is a team that that's destined for a bowl game. They've got a great all-conference running back, Destin Coates, who's been limited to just 58 yards first two games. That's going to change. Good young quarterback, Cornelius Brown. They were a pretty good team, closed it strong last year in the shortened season, went to a bowl game the year before. I love Georgia State to cover the four and a half points, even if it creeps to five, five and a half. I, I, I'm going with my lock here this week. It is uh, Georgia State at home over Charlotte Sunbelt Conference USA matchup there. Before we wrap our college football, we're going to give our parlays of the week. So what did you whip up? Maybe some favorites on the money line that, that you feel a nice combination. We, we had some big ones hit last week um, that were a little more even. These ones are, are higher into the plus range. Uh, who, do, who do you like across the board in college football to maybe pair together to get a little bit bigger of a winning? You know what? We actually, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to give this one over to you because the parlay that you had shown me is the exact one that I'm tailing. So I double down on the parlay that you're about to give out. Yeah. So this is plus 308 and, and I'm going five units on this one uh, in order to bring back a North of 15. Uh, so it's a four team parlay, all money line. Central Florida, we broke down that matchup. Really like them to win that game at Louisville tomorrow. Marshall at home. I think they cruise against East Carolina. Georgia State just hyped them up. And Boise State welcomes in Oklahoma State. I tell you, Boise, Boise was so close to going to Central Florida and doing something that teams just don't do and, and winning against UCF. They had the big comeback, but Boise State bounced back. They blew out UTEP, who had started 2-0. Uh, that was an easy lock for the over last week that you and I got to. Uh, but, but I really like Boise State at home against Oklahoma State, who beat an FCS team by a touchdown in week one and, and just snuck back by Tulsa in week two. And Tulsa had lost to an FCS in week one. So I really like on the blue turf, Boise is nearly unbeatable. Uh, I really like them, and that's the four teams. So it's Central Florida, Marshall, Georgia State, Boise State. You put $10 on that. You win more than 30, put a hundred dollars on that. You win more than 300. I think that's a, a safe parlay going into the weekend. You can never be safe in college football, but I feel pretty confident on those. We got to wrap up here, but I do want to get some NFL picks from you. Who are you liking on Sunday this week? I know we didn't fare all that well in week one, but this is a bounce back week in every aspect week two. I think we have a better feeling of what's going to happen. So a uh, couple that I really like, I like, New Orleans minus three and a half in Carolina. Still don't think Carolina has it figured out, really. I think that New Orleans, I don't think it's going to be the same game that New Orleans had where they looked like they made Aaron Rodgers a high school quarterback on a NFL team. So I think that it's going to be closer than that, but I could definitely, I definitely see 
New Orleans winning by probably seven on that. So I'll take the three and a half line. I also love New England minus seven and a half. I think that's a 10 point game against the Jets. Really, New England should have won their last game. They had yeah. a horrible fumble down at the goal line. A, a very non Bill Belichick kind of not taking care of the football. And, and, not the team that right. he has. Well, and just to, just to just to kind of uh, finish up on that, I mean, is that really going to happen back-to-back weeks for a Bill Belichick team? No. Um, when, I, I, when does that happen for the Belichick team? No. We know what he preaches on ball security. We know his history of running backs having some of the fewest fumbles in the leagues for what the dang near the last 15 years. He's been right around the the least fumbles uh, per team. So. That's not going to happen again. The Jets are not a team that's going to make noise in the East there. So I'm taking the Patriots minus six and a half. Well, let my team hurt my feelings if that's the case. And then one that I also think that might be kind of an underdog there too, Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half. Now they had a big injury earlier this week, but I really loved what they showed against the Buccaneers in opening week. A lot of jitters that are kind of in the mix there. Balso will have to say guilty pleasure of loving seeing them on hard knocks. But I think they're a real deal team. Dak Prescott, I've been adamant that he is a franchise quarterback since I saw him at Mississippi State. I think that he is the real deal. He's proving it now. I am not a fan of the Cowboys by any means, but I am a huge Dak and love to see him do well. I think they just need to find a way to get Zeke better looks, whether it's pitching the ball out to him, whether it's getting him outside the tackles, or just really anything, because he was a non-factor that entire game. So they need to get him more involved. Dak looked amazing. I couldn't, coming off of that injury, that horrific injury, really, could not be any more happy with what I see from him so I'm going to take plus three and a half from the Cowboys as well I really like that for the Dallas Cowboys as well going to LA so far I think Dak has a big game I think Dallas might even win that game I, I what I really like out of the NFL and Saturday is going to dictate a lot of Sunday as we finish up here but I, I like I like the Buffalo Bills Denver Broncos New England Patriots Arizona Cardinals in a four-team poor lay with uh, the winnings there plus 347 so you put ten dollars on it you make close to 35 I, I like that buffalo i don't see them starting oh and two uh close loss at home to the steelers last week i do think miami's good uh but i think buffalo's a lot better and i i, I think they they win that game to go to one and one in miami denver goes to jacksonville i don't think jacksonville's gonna get more than three or four wins this year uh new england like we both mentioned we, we love that going to the jets fresh off a frustrating loss and then arizona i think arizona uh, showed me that they can take that leap with that blowout win at Tennessee week one. They welcome in a Vikings team that just lost in overtime to the Bengals. Really, really like Arizona in that game. So uh, that's kind of what we like on the gridiron this weekend. We're going to try to do this pretty much every Wednesday moving forward. Get at us on Twitter, Jolly Roger Gambler at Better Be Right. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. We will talk to you next week. And, and, and you know what? Before we go, I am going to give us a UFC fight night. That's right. Yeah. Go ahead. Saturday. Go ahead. I will give us two. It's actually going to be both women's fights. I really love 
So this card is definitely a fight night. We're not getting too many great fights that we are. I think that we're going to have good fights, not very big names. I'm going to take on actually the opening prelims, Hannah Goldie. I think you can get her. She's anywhere right now between Pickham at minus 110 and plus 105. I would... I love her. She should have won her last matchup. If the fight lasted about 20 more seconds, she would have finished it late. Don't think she leaves it on the table there, too. I actually think she'll finish this one in the distance. If you want to kind of boost that, I think that this one does not go to the decision, but I'll take Hannah Goldie. Uh, Whitmire again, this kind of that 16th fight is going to dictate whether or not who gets cut from the roster. I could see either one of these girls getting cut after a loss. And then the other one is Lipsky versus Baum. Uh, Baum's doing her first UFC debut, or her UFC debut. Like Lipsky, she came off of two losses against actually some, some killers there. You, you talk about she'd lost pretty bad on on two TKOs, but I expect her to come back. Her line's minus 120. So I'm going to take both of those women tonight for, or both of those women Saturday night for one unit each. And I think that's well, finish yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think we, I think we really like those uh, on, on the, on the UFC side and that's more of your expertise, but uh, mm -hmm. def, definitely uh, looking forward to a big weekend. And, and when you join us next week, we certainly hope your pockets uh, weigh a little bit more than they do right now. Yeah, we do. This has been the Side Hustle Sports Betting Podcast presented by Hennessy, where anything is possible, never settle. Talk to you guys next week.